Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to a special New Year edition of SFP Now, in which we are going to be talking about the very best of uh, genre entertainment for the year of 2016. Joining me for this show are Matt Pyle of Genretainment. Hello. And um, our good friend Jeff Burns of the uh, much-moved YouTube channel Super Geeked Up. Now, oh, hello. Thank you very much. Much loved. I like that. <laughs> Super loved. Super loved up. Super geeked up. <laughs> so, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thank you for having me. Oh, oh you're welcome. So we're basically going to do a best and worst here of what we consider 2016. Um, you know, breaking down into films, TV series, uh, comics. Um, for some of these things, I don't really have a worst as such. So, you know... So basically, you know, the worst well, is kind of a discretionary thing. So, um, so what what should we start with? Should we start with films? Porn. Sure. Huh? What on? Let's do porn. Yeah, are we doing are we doing the porn yeah. category too? <laughs> Best sci-fi do. porn parodies. <laughs> the award goes to <laughs> what the six million dollar cock. Oh God! <laughs> is that a real one, or did you just make that up? I just made that one up. But uh, it wouldn't now it's going to get made, though. It wouldn't surprise me if it is a real That's one. a great title, though, for one. That's a great one. Except the $6 million man is too old, I guess, for anybody to parody it. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe the $6 billion dollar cock, or you could have a Star Trek The Next Penetration, Star Trek <laughs> Earth, Star Trek Deep Throat 9. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's, he's, like, he's pulled all these right out of his head. Wow, I mean, yeah. I, don't know. I think he's thought about this a lot, actually. I think he has. <laughs> Yeah, so I keep watching Supernatural. Uh, Dean Winchester is such a bad influence on me. Because he watches a lot of porn? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Does he really? I don't watch Supernatural, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> there's, always, there's always one or two porn references in those shows, isn't there? <laughs> oh, okay, nice. <laughs> okay, well, besides porn... <laughs> Sorry, I got us off track right off the bat. No, thanks. Sorry. <laughs> Pick a category. <laughs> okay, Ian is lost in thought. <laughs> He's thinking of more porn-like parody <laughs> titles. Okay, let's start on films. Uh, he wants to go first. I think Mark should go first. <laughs> okay. He's very erudite. Am I going to give um, multiple ones or one? Or t- doing one at a time? How about we do one at a time? Okay. I think one of the uh, movies I really enjoyed. I like a porn movie. We're doing one time. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, one of one of the movies I really liked this year that was sort of a surprise. Just wasn't sure how it was going to turn out. Was Deadpool? Yeah, uh, it's on my list. Yep, that was very my, clever and well done. Yeah, I I got that on my list, and I I, I think that's probably my best movie of the year. To be honest. Oh sweet. I will say, like I've I've been a fan of Deadpool in the comics uh, back probably when I was a teenager. Uh, 
you know, and uh, I think they just perfectly captured like how I envisioned Deadpool should be, right? So I think they just nailed maybe better than any other character possibly, just about that they've converted to the film. Like Ryan Reynolds just did a fantastic job, and the writing was just spot on. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it was also awesome about that film is um, both genre Tayman and uh, SFP now got some some pretty good interviews out of that film. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, and it was it was crazy because you know we was getting offered people left, right, and center from from various things at that particular point in time. We couldn't do all of them, so we just had to pick <laughs> pick out what we could do. And what I couldn't do, I just shoved over to Mars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that did not influence my decision in any way. <laughs> of course it didn't. You know, it was like, um, you know, you got makeup, you got the makeup artist guy, right? CGI guy, yeah. And, yeah, and, CGI guy, and, 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 and that, the body of Col- and the face of Colossus. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yes. Um, so Deadpool, I think we're all in agreement on that one. Yep. Yep. Much better than the Deadpool from the X Men movies, or Wolverine. Absolutely. I mean, well, from uh, X Men Origins, Wolverine. X, yeah, you mean yeah, yeah, that one. Well, that was this not Deadpool. <laughs> no, I was like the Merc with the mouth. Let's take his mouth away. I think they were just <laughs> trying to set it up, or something. I don't know what they. Were I, trying to do. I don't know what they're trying to do there. Oh well, that was a different year. <laughs> that, was, that was a long time ago. Who's next? You can go next, Jeff. Okay, so uh, first off, I'm going to preface by saying I didn't see a ton of movies this year, and I tried to catch up the last couple of weeks. You're doing a lot of red boxing for the show, um, watching stuff. And then I realized I was correct in not really caring about seeing those movies in the theaters. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I did pick out a couple I did enjoy. Uh, so besides Deadpool, I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't think a lot of people did, uh, but I really like the film called The Shallows. No, I didn't see that. Not okay. seen it. I've hit so, it. Yeah, so that's kind of like thriller slash horror, I guess, is how they classify it. It's Blake Lively's in it, uh, who I like a lot. But, I mean, it's a shark movie, basically. She's She goes to this tropical island, and she gets stuck, like, out on this rock, basically, away from shore, and, and the shark is, like, trying to kill her. And, it's you know, it's all about her kind of trying to outwit the shark. Mm-hmm. Um and I know that's been done plenty of times, but for, I don't know. There's something about those shark movies that like always kind of <laughs> appeal to me. And this one I think is done very well. Uh, she's really good in it. It's pretty. I'll be honest with you. She's pretty. It's pretty much her the entire movie, besides for a couple other people occasionally. Um, she's got. She's got to make this movie work on her acting alone, pretty much, and she does. And um, and the cinematography is absolutely beautiful. Wherever they shot it, it was gorgeous. Um, so yeah, I, I would definitely recommend that. I like. It's a good like. Yeah, it's a good thriller. Cool. Check it out. Well, here's one uh, one of mine that didn't come out this year, but it was released um, through streaming this year and also DVD and Blu-ray. Um, I think it came out tail end of last year, but I, but I kind of missed it. But I wanted to mention it anyway because I absolutely loved it. Uh, the Martian. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good movie. I, I absolutely loved that film. I, I watched it twice in a matter of two days because I was only half watching it the first time and I thought, well, I'm getting really getting into this. I need to watch this again and, and just really pay attention. But it's sort of like, it was kind of like Robinson Crusoe in space. Are you going to try the Martian diet, Ian? 
Um, what, Mars bars? Nothing but all, potatoes. All potatoes, yeah. Yeah. Some people are doing that. They are? Yeah. Based off of the movie? I guess. I don't know. It's some new little trend. Well, I don't, I don't think the movie was trying to advocate to, that was a good idea. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so what what happens if they if they just saw like a OD on these potatoes? Do they turn into Sontarans or something? Like from know. Doctor Who? Who knows? <laughs> origin story. Secret origin story. <clears throat> I would think Matt Damon's character would never want potatoes again after that. <laughs> I would think so too. <laughs> Yeah, you know, even if they repackaged them and says, hey, fancy some new potatoes? You know, how about some King Edwards, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I guess I'm up next. Um, Doctor Strange. It's Marvel. It was really good. Uh, great cast, you know, good special effects, awesome visuals. What did you guys I think? Haven't, I, I haven't seen that, but it is that's the one like I actually do really want to see. Yeah, it's really have- good. Haven't seen it. Wanted to go see it, but at the time I was kind of like in the process of moving, moving house. So it, it came out the weekend that I moved, and with with everything that was going on at that time, I just didn't, you know, get around to it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a really good movie. I think they did a good job introducing magic to the Marvel universe. So mm-hmm. nice. I will say everything I've seen of it and the clips look really good. Mm-hmm. It's a strong one. Okay. So uh, we've got a we, that, that's three that's that's three down. We've got a, a few more picks. Um, Jeff, it's your turn again. Or is it, All right, is it? yeah, no, I'll go. Uh, the only other one I have on my list, and mainly because I ha- I figured I put you put three down. <laughs> I'm gonna show you I'm not thrilled with this your movies. Uh, I put Star Trek Beyond down. I just saw it two days ago on video. Um, I thought this movie was gonna be terrible. Because I thought Into Darkness was really crappy. Uh, And I'm not. But I actually thought this was the best of the reboot movies that they've done. Um, It was an enjoy. It's not a great movie, but it's it's a very enjoyable, well done movie. Um, I don't understand why this movie was not the movie that came after the reboot. And like this should have been what Into Darkness was. Mm. Because this was a new. My problem with Into Darkness is they were just repeating uh, Wrath of Khan, you know, and I wanted yeah. them to do their own thing. And this was the, this was a new thing, you know. This was a new adventure with that crew, and that's what they should have done. So I don't. This should have just replaced Into Darkness, um, and then I would have been fine <laughs> with the reboots. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys see it? I haven't yeah, seen it yet. Um, I, I actually mostly agree with you. I mean, they, I think it's the best out of the three reboot movies. Um, one reviewer, when it first came out, said it was the best Star Trek movie ever. As oh, my God. I almost, it I almost put my drink out when you said that. Even better. Even better than Ra- yeah, I, she yelled out to that. And, and the thing is, this review is actually a professional reviewer as well. I'll not mention names, but it, it just kind of took me off guard when I read that. And, and I thought, oh, I must go see this, check it out. And when I did, I kind of went out disappointed because I was expecting it to be better than Wrath of Khan. Oh god. Yeah, no, I respect his shit. So I was happy to not get shit. And and it wasn't. But what it was, it was actually, you know, I loved the stuff with Spock and Mackay. It was his first time that they'd really worked on that relationship, you know, on on, on in, in the movies. I mean it, it's kinda of like been hinted at in the first two, but not really tackled properly. Um 
I, I love the uh, I love the, the the fun moment, you know, that 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 Spock's given Aurora this this thing, which you know just happens to contain so much uh, so 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 much of property that that can actually be used as a tracking device <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, um, I really. I really like the character of Jada, who is one of the alien uh, women. J- Jada was awesome. She was uh, one of the best parts. What wasn't so good was the uh, was the villain. You you know, yeah. I, I yeah. felt the villain was very 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 much on. And we won't give too much away because Mark hasn't seen it. But I, I was just thinking that I I don't think they've done a good job with the villains in any of the reboot movies. Yeah, like Coverbatch was was obviously he's a great actor. He's one of my favorites, but. Like I think they missed the boat on all the villains. They're just they're not working, and that they're really that's where they're really failing. These movies. Mm-hmm. Yep, you agree. know, even the worst of the uh, of the next generation and the original Star Trek movies. You know, they 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 at least had some like a backstory or an origin story for their villains. I don't think you know, yeah. a lot of the Star Trek movies have really great villains, except for Khan and the Borg Queen. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. First Contact and Khan. Those are the two that come to my mind. Yeah, and those are probably the strongest ones, my favorites at least. But you know what? I love Voyage Home the best, though, I think. And, but that didn't really need no. a strong feeling because it was a time travel movie. Yeah, and it's funny. Yeah. So that's the thing. And so, By the way, to say that this movie is better than Khan, Voyage Home, Undiscovered Country, First Contact is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. That's just nonsense. Not even in the same league as those movies. No. No, definitely not. But it was good. It was it was a good, fun popcorn movie. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, Matt, you you next? Not Ian. You're next. Yeah, I think you're Am next. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna go with my with 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 my second best. You know, my second best choice, uh, Captain America: Civil War. Yeah. Um, I, I just kind of really, really enjoyed, you know, the fact, and it, and you know, when you think about it as well, at the, roughly the time that came out, uh, the UK was preparing to vote themselves out of the EU, and you know, it kind of it's, it's kind of weird how, you know, you had the 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 the, the, the ideologies of uh, Captain America and Tony Stark. You know, break breaking apart and and stuff like that, so that so that they end up fighting each other, oh, you know, over 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 their differing ideologies, and 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 it so like kind of coincided with the with with the with with the UK, you know, choosing to leave the EU and um, and and obviously what's sort of happened since then. But I, I felt it was a it was a pretty good film. I thought the, I thought the Spider Man introduction was awesome. Yeah. And um, you know, it was a fun movie. You know, I, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a fun action-packed movie that that forwarded the uh, moved forward the kind of meta plot of stuff built up in the previous Captain America movies and Avenger movies. I thought it was good. I missed Thor though. Thor and Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I missed I missed Hulk. Um, I, I missed Hulk more than Thor, but that's basically down to uh, I just think Matt Ruffalo just knocks it out of the park every time. Yeah. All right. Did you like oh. it, Jeff, or did you see it? I did see it. 
Uh, I did like it. I did forget about the day after I watched it. <laughs> so here's the thing. That, that's gonna that kind of I want to mention something, but I think we, I should do it at the end of our movie thing here because I have a whole thing I want to get your guys' take on on how my my how I feel the movie industry is in a really bad shape right now. Sure. I, I think it's oversaturated with superhero movies for one yeah. thing, and that that movie kind of is an example I'm going to use. Okay. Well, I've got a, I've got a better example for you, and um, this is actually my worst movie list, so I'll say it oh, wait, now. Are we, are we done with? Wait, did, Mark, did you have any other best ones you wanted to slip in though? I want I want to mention one more as just a oddball one, <laughs> just so uh, saying something that's uh, not mainstream as much. There's a movie that's on Netflix right now uh, called Ark A R Q, and it's a nice little sci-fi movie about. Uh, these t- two people get stuck in a time loop with people in a home invasion kind of thing in the f- future. And um, they did a really good job mixing up and, and developing the different plot threads, revealing certain things as they went along. <clears throat> and uh, it was an interesting story. I think it's... Awesome. Yeah. And I think it stars the guy... Oh, man, I can't remember his name now, but he's he was in... Uh, um, I think he was in Flash. I think he played Weather Wizard, right? He's the cousin of the guy of uh, the person who stars in Arrow. Oh, I know. <laughs> the cousin of the person who stars in Arrow. <laughs> I'm very bad with names. <laughs> so, uh, I, I can remember, I can, I Amel can or whatever his last name. Yeah. Well, wait. You don't mean Robbie Amel, right? Yes, him. Yeah. Oh, Robbie Amel wasn't Weather Wizard. Oh, who was he? Robbie, Robbie oh, Firestorm. That's right. Firestorm. That's right. I don't know why I got he's, that mixed up. Oh, is he the cousin? I thought he was a. He's cousin with Stephen Amell. I thought he was brothers for some reason. Nah, cousin. That's yeah. So anyway, he stars in it and uh, did a good job. That actually um, sounds really cool. That movie. I'll check it I'm out. I'm going to check that out. Um, do, you, do you have one more best? Because I'm, no, I've got, I'm done. Okay, I've got one more best, um, and you're probably going to yawn. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about the flaws of the movie as well. So, uh, Rogue One, Star Wars movie. I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it. Either. Um, it's kind of like it's kind of like Star Wars uh, does Guns and Navarone in a way. It's sort of like it's structured like a like like classic sort of like 70s World War Two movie, in in the sense that you know how the characters come together. Um, Jyn Erso's really, really, really good. She's 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 a good, um, you know, strong strong character. Uh, but the the second lead that that's on, that 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 that's in it. The um, the, the I can't remember, I think it's called Cassian or something. He was kind of like underdeveloped, and you have these two bloody bringing characters um, who who are also underdeveloped. So basically, the the move, the action was good, but the characters. For me, seemed kind of undercooked um, to a point, but and uh, the CGI I felt was pretty good for Grand Moff Tarkin. I don't know a lot of people criticizing it. You can tell that it's CGI, but you know you, you can only tell it's CGI if you've seen Peter Cushing in the original films, sort of thing. If you if you didn't if you hadn't seen that, you won't you probably wouldn't be able to tell. Oh, so they, they did a CGI Peter Cushing as Tarkin. Yeah, and they 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 had a British actor. I can't, you know, he, he, they had Guy Henry, who's a who's well known here in the UK, 
for his role in uh, in Holby City. And he also played young Sherlock Holmes back in 1982 in, in a TV series called Young Sherlock. Um, he did the voice of uh, Grand Moff Tarkin. And he, he pretty much knocked it out of the park, performance-wise. He, sort of, like, he was channeling Peter Cushion um, without doing an impersonation because he actually does have a very similar intonation. And um, he also has, has very similar angling facial, facial features than, than Cushion, which is why they were able to CGI over it. Um but you know the best thing is 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 the movie actually makes a new hope better. Hmm. Um, one the worst thing is chronic. The uh, the villain is underwhelming and very much overshadowed by Grandma Tarkin and uh, and Darth Vader. And Darth Vader's only in it for four minutes. Good good job spoiling it for me. <laughs> and that's not spoiled. I was expecting five minutes. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty good film as a and, and it's actually shown that Star Wars prequel can work. Mm-hmm. Or even oh. stories between the stories. Yeah, I personally would rather see that. I would like to see stories happening between like the current trilogy and stuff. Mm-hmm. My my personal like moving forward at some point. And I always, always look back. <laughs> okay, well, my, I've got two worst. Um, my first worst is uh, Batman versus is, is Batman versus Superman. Sorry, uh, Dawn, Dawn of Justice. Or some um, people call Superman versus Batman. No reason. <laughs> Batman versus Superman: Yawn of Justice, <laughs> um, which was just so like. Uh, Two and a half hours of exposition, um, beating the shit out of each other, and and the only thing that came anywhere near to saving it was Wonder Woman. Yeah, she's great. You know, she she was really good. Um, Ben Affleck was pretty damn good as 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 a as Batman, and and you got the Bruce Wayne down, but you know, other than that, the film was just shite. And a really, really bad idea. Uh, I actually, well, see, I actually liked it, but on second viewing, it didn't hold up quite as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with it. I, I could see someone who doesn't know DC comics very well being ca- kind of confused. Like I talked to a few people, and they didn't get certain things. Like they didn't get, you know, like the, the flash forward or potential vision of the future with you know dark sides parademons and stuff like that because <clears throat> they had so many dreams right so many dream sequences and then you, uh, and yeah, then that, you turn that, in that was not good yeah and then you turn it then you create a psychic vision which also happens to have a time traveler character who we've not been introduced to yet not really not in that costume and stuff make a really brief a oh, flash, flash? Of appearance yeah. yeah an appearance in a flash <laughs> <laughs> which was kind of confusing even i know i knew what it was but it was still kind of took me back a little bit and I'm like that was like convoluted craziness <laughs> but um yeah th- that kind of stuff i th- but i liked wonder woman a lot i thought ben affleck was a much better batman than i thought and i liked his action scenes um yeah, that's the best batman action scene that's been in the movie oh yeah it was a wicked action scene and uh um they just didn't really explain why he was so dark, why why he was killing people. I think if they just took a moment to kind of explain to the audience who don't aren't familiar with uh, the hints in there, 
that it would have been that much more powerful and stuff. Um, yeah, and Superman, which is boring like usual in the last mm. two movies. But, <laughs> but basically, you know, the, there's no humor in in Henry Cavill's version of Superman whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, you know, so like. Um, you know, in, in most of the others, I mean, I, I like the guy, Taylor Hoshin, who played it in Supergirl. I thought it was really good. He, he oh, he's the, fantastic. Yeah. He got the humor there and, and everything. Oh, um, wow. He's such and, a classic, iconic character. I think it just doesn't play right. It's like trying to do Sherlock Holmes meets Punisher or something. I, I, <laughs> you, can't, you can't change it too much or it doesn't feel like the same character anymore. In, in Star Wars, you know, it's basically um, what, what, what Warner would you know, said they were trying to do before they made Superman, the, the first Superman movie of of, of, of this batch, was they were trying to make it more like the uh, the Batman movies. And, and, you know, essentially that's pretty much what they did. But it doesn't work. No, not for that character, it doesn't. I don't think, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I've got an honourable mention. Um, this isn't the best but I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as uh, as people thought it was going to be. And that would be Suicide Squad. I liked it better than Batman vs. Superman. So did I. <laughs> I liked it much better than Batman vs. Superman. Yeah. I like Deadshot and uh, Harley Quinn. Those were good things. There were some good moments. I mean, the I plot thought- doesn't ma- is a big mess. It's a hot mess. I thought the <laughs> What's that? I thought the guy, the Australian guy, was pretty fucking funny. The you know mm-hmm. the was it Boomerang? Captain Boomerang, yeah. Captain Boomerang. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, there was some. I watched it in 3D too, so it was even better in 3D. But uh, but yeah, it could have been. I think if they spent a little more time on it, it could have been a much better movie. Do you see, oh. I haven't seen it. Do you see Boomerang coming at you in 3D? Um, I don't remember, but the parts where um, uh, whatever the, the brother bad guy is of Enchantress, uh, whenever he distorts stuff like in a subway and everything, that looks pretty awesome. It's kind of sticking out of the screen and stuff at you. My one criticism of it is um, they need to fire the actor that played a joke because he was shite. Jared Leto? <laughs> so what's the... T- I- yeah, I guess some people really don't like him at all, right? I guess other people do. I don't know. What, so what What? What about you, Marks? I mean, I think what he was given, he did a pretty good job with. Um, but I don't... That version of Joker is just so weird. Uh, it's so different. Um, they, they basically, they, they, they basically tried to make the Joker into a pimp daddy. And it just yeah, doesn't work. I don't know. It's just, it's just an odd take on the character. Oh, so it's very different than what we've seen before in the different Jokers? Yeah, and anything I've seen, even different animation takes of them and stuff. Just a bit too much. Um, but yeah, oh well. Heath Ledger's Joker is still my favorite so far. Oh yeah, amazing. Um, of course, I always, always love Mark Hamill as well as the animated series Joker. Oh yeah, it was cool. We saw a version of the trickster that was more like Joker. <clears throat> recently in Flash. Um, but yeah, but Suicide Squad was better than, than I thought it was going to be. It, it's still... DC's going to have to do a lot better than that, though, if they want to compete with Marvel. And maybe Wonder Woman will do it. I hope so. 
And, you know, yeah. I, I uh, much like what, what kind of Jeff was saying, um, when, when, what was the film you went into with really no expectations? Now? Who? Like you, Shad- Jeff, Shadows? No, no, the Shadows was a film that he, he mentioned as best. You went in, you went to see a film, but you had really no expectations of it, and you, you went out feeling that, oh, Star Trek Beyond. Oh, yeah, that was the one I, that was the one I mentioned, yes. Yeah. Um, well, Suicide Squad, I had really no expectations of it. And the only reason I actually went to see it in the end was because I'd actually landed an interview with um, with with the with the secondary villain of the film. And I needed to see the film in order to sort of know <laughs> questions to ask the guy. <laughs> so I basically went to see this film um, and was writing a and <laughs> Q&A while I was sat there in the cinema watching the film <laughs> or this guy sort of thing but that, that's the only reason I went to see it if it had not scored that interview I probably would have waited for it to come out on, on DVD or something mm-hmm. so but that, that's, a, that's a fun little fact um, but yeah I, I, I quite like that film um, one one that I wasn't so keen on and it wasn't because it was a bad film. It, I just don't think it was needed. The new Jason Bourne film. Oh, Jason Bourne? Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah, I thought it was an okay film. It was pretty good at what it did. You know, the action set pieces were great. And, you know, and Matt Damon pulls it off again sort of thing. But I just don't think it added anything to, 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 to the Bourne franchise. It wasn't really needed. I actually don't like any of those films, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, uh, that's, that's me done for films. All right, so my I got two of my worst list. Uh, the first one I actually saw last night on Blu-ray, and that's Warcraft. Mm. Not seen. Uh, yeah, lucky you. Uh, so, <laughs> you know what's funny? I actually thought from the trailers it looked like it, they might have actually pulled something off with this. But no, it's just terrible. Mm. Like, the only good thing about this is like the main orc chieftain guy, and he's really good. And the relationship with his wife, and the, and they have a baby, like that's pretty well done, and it's well acted. But all the human stuff is fucking terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, the I'm sure the other stuff these actors are fine, but they come across not very good. For the most part, it's probably because they got shit to work with. <laughs> um, I actually can't believe Duncan Moon did this movie. You mean um, Duncan because Duncan Jones, I'm sorry, he did the movie Moon, right? Mm-hmm. Is that the guy, yeah. right? That's where I'm getting that from. And then yeah. he did Source Code, I think, right? If I remember correctly. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's so Source Code, I like. Source Code, I actually like. That's a good movie. I still haven't seen Moon, but people rave about that movie. Um, mm-hmm. Oh wow, man, this movie's terrible. <laughs> wow, so basically, yeah, this... it's just as well uh, David Bowie song like uh, checked out so... in the year, so we didn't have to see the film. Well, I mean that that was very sad actually because that's his father, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, just it's, just it's just a really bad. Instead story. of World of Warcraft, it's World of War crap. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's good, Marks. You know what? Also, the problem is. 
there's no ending to the movie. The movie exists to set up sequels to this movie. Uh-huh. And I hate when they do that, especially when your movie is so shitty. I never want to see any sequels again to this movie. <laughs> They'll do some direct-to-video. They'll make some money out of it somehow. Like, but no, even if you're going to do that, can you please, please complete your movie? It should stand on its own still, you know? Yeah. Especially the first my other, one. My other, uh, my other worst one is Independence Day Resurrection, or Resurgence, excuse me. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was hoping it'd be good, but yeah, I heard it was bad. I haven't seen it yet. Um, yeah, I, I was hoping it'd be, you know, so much, you know, better. I wasn't hoping, you know, I didn't think it was going to be great. Because obviously it's sequel and um, it's like 20 years after the original. And I know it's something for me, sequels are like 20 or 30 odd years after the original film are just not working out too well. You know, Tron Legacy, for example. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just not working out. It's, um, no. I, think, I think it would have been better to, to have done the sequel two, three years after the original. So you could have kept, you know, had the actors, you know, roughly the, not, not much older than they were. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was just um, it was a special effects clusterfuck with a uh, very weak characterizations and you know yeah. The problem <laughs> is you don't really care about any of the characters in the movie. It's like mm-hmm. you know who gives a shit what happens to them? <laughs> They're none of them are developed. Destroy yeah. the earth. In, in the first, in the first one, you actually cared about the characters in the movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Exactly. First one's you know? a good one. It's classic. Even though, even though the first was still kind of like special effects clusterfuck, you cared about yeah. the characters. But that was like one of those first kind of really big summer blockbuster special effects things. Mm-hmm. Well, so I just loved the fact that the White House blew up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but then again, when they did Twenty Four uh, Dying of Dying of a Day, and they set that in London. I was really disappointed that it was Wembley Stadium they blew up and not the Houses of Parliament or Buckingham Palace or, <laughs> or, or, or something like that. Why? Why Wembley Stadium? You had an opportunity, America, to blow up the Houses of Parliament. Just do it, goddammit. <laughs> what What did they use Wembley Stadium for? For soccer or football, obviously? Is, yeah, it's, it's called, football and, and, and big sporting events like that, yeah. You're going to get on a watch list, Ian. I don't fucking care. <laughs> Mark, you got any worse movies? Not really. I I, I try not to watch bad movies. <laughs> I watched a really weird movie that I think came out last year, but it was on Netflix this year. Um, a Christmas Horror Story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that the one with William Shatner in? Yeah. Yeah, I've not seen that one yet. I've been avoiding it. <laughs> um, I, I just watched Santa's Snay, which is a few years old now. Um, I think that was a Brett Ratner film. Um, and it's basically about, basically Santa Claus is, is sort of like some demonic demon. And what, what happens is a, an angel does a deal with him when he uses the bet that he has to do, do good things for several hundred years. And at midnight on, on this particular Christmas Eve, the deal is officially at the end. So he goes back to his old demonic rays. Oh. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just really, it's just a really bad film, boys. 
you know, but it knows it's a really bad film. It's not trying to pretend to not be a really bad film. <laughs> it's just funny. Cool. So are we are are we done with movies now? Yeah. Well, can I chime in with my one uh, thing I wanted to mention sure. about in general? Because I'm actually interested to hear you guys <clears throat> take on what I think. <clears throat> so I feel this way for a little while now. Actually, <laughs> this year kind of confirmed it. <clears throat> I feel we're kind of we've come to the end of like seeing virtually any more great innovative movies. And the reason that I feel that way is, number one, I used to go to theaters all the time. And I think I went twice this past year to actual movie theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, nothing really makes me want to go anymore. Um, everything's either a sequel or a reboot. Um, there's not like, I don't know. And it's going to make me feel old. I sound old, I guess. But, you know, I don't know. When I was growing up, I remember like there was innovative science fiction films being made, you know, Um and it wasn't, it's always, look, Hollywood's always been about making money, right? But I feel mm-hmm. now more than ever, the sole purpose for any film to be made, what elements do we put in this film to make as much box office money as possible? And we don't really care the quality of the film, right? So there's plenty of good films being made or, you know, oh, that was fun. That was decent. But I don't find any great films being made anymore. And unfortunately, I feel like, Disney, who I actually usually support, but Disney's a big problem with this, with the Marvel Universe and the Star Wars Universe, um, in that all those movies, and I see them all pretty much, and I usually come out saying, yeah, that was good. That was a good, good movie. I, that was entertaining. And then I forget about it the next day. Because uh-huh. all the movies are designed to just tie together into this grander scheme and make money every single year by releasing you know, multiple films a year. And by doing that, you're making sure none of those movies stand on their own as a great film because all you're trying to do is make a film that can tie into your overall universe and get people into the seats, you know? So I think like that's that makes a ton of money for them and they're going to keep doing it, but I think that's bad for the movie-making industry and I don't like it at all. Mm. And I don't, and I think that's, yeah, I think that's just bad in general and I don't know if we're ever going to get back to like amazing movies being made again that are breaking new ground. I think the problem is here is, um, as you say, the emphasis is on making a ton of money and um, getting else. So therefore, they're not prepared. That they're not prepared to take chances on 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 new things. I mean, every now and again, you get a new film that comes out that everyone's crazy about, like Moon. You know, The Matrix was really innovative, the first one. Yeah. Um, and um, and then they kind of then they kind of killed it because every every other film was using bullet time. And stuff like that, to, to a point where it kind of nullified what well, the, the Matrix movie sequels kind of nullified the whole thing. You know, if you watch that first Matrix film as a standalone, great. If you watch the sequels, yeah. ruins that's, it. And that's a groundbreaking of it in movie, I feel, the, Matrix, the first Matrix. But, you know, the, 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 the problem is, is so like the Matrix, what was good about that is an original story, it was original idea. And, you know, and, and that, that, that's what was so good about it. Um, but the, the the emphasis is on sequels and reboots. I mean, like this year, I went to see Tars. I went to see the new Tarzan movie, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it as as a fan that's as that's grown up with Tarzan movies, even way back. You know, watching the uh, black and white ones when they were aired on BBC Two back in the eighties with Johnny Weisminger and stuff like that. 
I, I really enjoyed it as, as, as a Tarzan movie, but the trouble is the, the modern audience doesn't get Tarzan because so like, um, things have moved on so much that it's kind of like a little bit not, not too feasible to, to have a guy, um, you know, living in a jungle sort of thing. Um, you know, and having those kind of adventures. But, you know, this, the same thing happened with um, the, you know, D- Disney did, did, did the thing with the, you know, the um, John Carter Mars film yeah. years yeah. ago. I thought that was really good, again. But unfortunately, you know, they, for whatever reason, it didn't take or, or it was, wasn't marketed right, so the, the audience didn't catch on to it. But at the same time, you got all these, you know, you got, you know, I remember back in the 90s, you know, we, we had, towards the tail end of the 90s, we had The Mummy, which was fun. Sequels kind of ruined it, a bit like The Matrix. But we also had things coming out like Sister Act and, 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 and films like that, that were kind of like, um, no one expected great things of, but they, they did really well and, and, and doubled their money. You know, the, the, the marketplace has become so saturated with sci-fi, fantasy, but there's, there's very little else coming out other than sort of maybe the, the, the occasional rom-com and stuff like that. Yeah. And I just, I just Marks, think... What, what, yeah, what do you think, Marks? <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's a love-hate relationship thing. It makes them a lot of money. Even the stuff that doesn't do well in the box office has a ripple effect where previous installations like on streaming and stuff makes them, gives them big boosts in money. Um, so I definitely see why they, they do it. Um, I think I, I think there needs to be less of it and more original stuff, but I do think that as long as it's well done, it's okay <laughs> to a certain extent. I think Marvel in general is doing a pretty good job with theirs. Uh, I mean, it, it's getting a little intermingled a little too much um, but then again it's the comic books it's superheroes and you can say the same thing about comic books when you read them and they can do a lot of crossovers um, but I think a really good example of a, of a bad example of it is what Warner Brothers is trying to do with DC they're trying to mimic what Marvel's done but they're trying to do it like super fast and they're writing scripts super fast and uh, they are doing some interesting takes, I guess. That's one thing. But um, they're really bizarre. Some of them are. And and these scripts are just, they're pumping them out like super fast. And um, they're just counting on them to make money, at least in Asia or something for them. And, uh, and not worrying so much about if they're good. And that's a good example of what's bad whenever people do it. Um, and I haven't watched a new Star Wars movie, so I don't know. But it's nice. There's was so little Star Wars for so long, so I'm kind of happy to see some more Star Wars. I might change my mind in a few years <laughs> after a few more uh, installments. Yeah. But um, uh, and I know that the Episode Seven did re- duplicate a lot of major beats in, in from Episode Four. But I liked the characters a lot. They were different. I like. I like the possibilities of what they could do moving forward, and so we'll just have to see if they just totally crib off the notes of all of the entire trilogy or not. Um, yeah. Um, that, yeah. Oh, I was saying, yeah, I won't. That's a whole other thing. I, I can go off on which I won't <laughs> right now. But uh, I mean, I guess and, part and, of my thing is, and I do oh, think to be to one more thing is, for one thing, there are a few 
potentially good creative stuff coming out because I I've heard good things about Arrival and um, uh, the Witch. Passengers looks really good, by the way. Passengers could be. I, I'm I'm still fifty fifty on that, but it's definitely an interesting sci-fi take. I don't know. Um, so there are a few things out there, and Rivals very Rivals seems like one of those really thought-provoking movies from the '80s or '90s. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things. But I also think that a lot of that creativity, a lot of that risk in storytelling, is happening more on television now. And I think that's where it's yes. going to be at. Well, I agree. I agree. That's that's why I watch TV is my main thing now, and it's away you know away from movies. I don't care about movies so much, and it's all I'm really about TV now, which I think we're gonna get to in a couple minutes here. Um, I guess my thing is just that I can think of so many movies from my youth, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like the original Star Wars trilogy, right? Or Predator, Alien, Blade Runner, uh, Contact, like all these different movies that I feel have number one, they've stood the test of time, like. 20 to 40 years later, right? They will stand the test of time even beyond this. And every single one of these Marvel movies, I absolutely do not think they, none of those movies will stand the test of time. I don't even remember them now. Most, you know, I mean, I do, <laughs> but, but like, I don't care about them after I see them. Like, because, and here's, I don't know. And this is why, like, I love Christopher Nolan yeah. so much because, sorry, I'll, I'll shut up in a second. Christopher it, Nolan, like, the dark, he made his Batman movies. He didn't try to make a great Batman movie. He made to try to make a great movie. And that's why some people don't like it because they don't like his version of Batman. But I love that, that he that's what he did it. He just wanted to make a great, great movies and that also could stand on their own, you know? And that's why I like those, The Dark Knight, way better than any other like Marvel movie that basically that's come out. Yeah, those, those do stand the test of time, though. They, they Those stand up to repeat viewings. Um, I think I know what you're getting at. Um, I mean, I can't really see myself um, I mean, I own most of the Marvels on DVD, but I've only maybe repeated, repeatedly viewed them maybe two times since I got the DVD or, or got it on streaming. Whereas with the original Star Wars trilogy, I've seen that over and over and over again and can watch it over and over and again, over again quite easily and, and still get some much enjoyment from it. Sort of thing. I think it's also part of the problem with the genre. <clears throat> People, it's risky to change course too much. Like really, most movies, they, they except for James Bond or something like that, you know, they change a lot. From I mean, they're epic. They're like seasons or of a series or something. You know, they change. They could go through big changes, usually big character arcs, and it's hard to do that with superheroes. Um, you don't see it in comic books very often, and uh, I would like to see it more, <clears throat> but it is a risky thing to do. Yeah, but that's the thing, man. I want people to take risks. That's that's my biggest problem with Episode 7, by the way. They took no risks. They did the safest possible thing they could. Um, and I want people to take risks. That's how you get new, fresh things happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And yeah, you're right. It's t- and, I, dude, and I totally understand. Like, I get the business side of things like no why would they take a risk when they're making this kind of money right that doesn't make any sense from a business standpoint but from my artistic side of things as a, as a creator and filmmaker like no that's what i want people to do <laughs> well it helps indie films stand out more then right that's a positive <laughs> yes i wish well yes i wish like i think you know we all wish probably mark's obviously your fellow web series creator that they would come and get, take more of the ideas from the indie side of things 
Maybe maybe they just need to so like uh, buy all these uh, well-known film creators and just bring some indie film creators in, into the into the fold. Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, Duncan, Duncan Jones, you know, he was an indie filmmaker, you know, with Moon. That was kind of like an indie film. Yeah, that's and then, but then that's a problem. And then they freaking throw him in the foreground. <laughs> yeah, but that said, I I did enjoy Source Code. I thought that was pretty. Yeah, good I like Source Code. But you know, um, it, it's really hard to make a good video game movie. It's very, there's so few out there. I know, there. I know, man. Like, what? Why is it so difficult? Like, an Assassin's Creed just came out today. I'm curious. And that is Michael Fassbender, who I love. I don't know, man. Like, I'm also, I'm gonna be like, it's a video game movie. Like, I don't, I'm not confident that they did a good job with it. <laughs> I'll watch it, but just to see, because I played the Assassin's Creed games. I watch it, and I, I, I'll probably get more enjoyment out of it. From, from it than you because I'm not really you know I've only really played one of the Assassin's Creed games sort of thing so I'm not really I'm not that immersed in, in, in the Assassin's Creed game so perhaps perhaps because of that I might get more enjoyment out of the film than say say someone who was an Assassin's Creed one. The one that I'm kind of dreading and the one that I'm hoping that they don't mess up is um, Uncharted Oh they are doing an Uncharted aren't they? Yeah but if they, that should be an easier one to do, though, because it's like Indiana Jones in a way. It know? is, but if they cast Matt Wahlberg as, as Nathan Drake, <laughs> I'm not going to see it. Of course, they also they didn't really do a great job with the Lara Croft movies. No. The first one I liked at the time, but going back, it's not that great. Although they are re, they are trying to obviously reboot that too, like take doing the new video game version, which would be good if they can do that. Right. It's now. really dated and didn't stand up necessarily well for time but I thought Mortal Kombat the first Mortal Kombat movie was pretty good first go I, li- I, I like the again that yes that one is dated for sure you're right but I, I did like that movie and I still watch it man just for fun <laughs> Mortal Kombat the, I love the music at the meeting too it's like so intense like gets you pumped up <laughs> yeah right I'll also I'll, I will watch any kind of martial art tournament combat movie I don't care what it is uh-huh. <laughs> okay Sorry, you you, made, you proved yeah. me wrong. There's, that was <laughs> a pretty bad one. That was terrible. I ne- do not want to see that again. <laughs> well, uh, they, they, did a, they did another one recently, a Street Fighter. Yeah, Street, the Tom Lee one with Kristen Crook, who yeah. I like a lot from Smallville, and that was really bad, too. Yeah, well, right. Was it about four and a half hours long or something? Because oh, I, no, no, no. no it was, I saw it in the theaters, actually. I was one of the few people who saw it in the theater. No, it's like it's probably a little under two hours or whatever. It's not long. It's just it's really bad. I did watch that, but I don't, I barely remember it. <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> I I didn't watch it because I thought the Van Damme movie was so bad that I just couldn't bring myself to go see it. Yeah, um, I was excited, man. I thought like, oh, good, maybe they can do a good Street Fighter and we can get like more Street Fighter movies. Nope. <laughs> not gonna so happen. All right, well, we're going to move on to TV. Yeah, thank you, thank like you a... for indulging me in that. <laughs> oh, oh, don't worry. Whatever. Uh, TV, should I kick it off? Sure. Sure. Okay, uh, well, all these uh, I think we're probably going to be all in agreement with, because um, I've, I've at least did TV shows that we, I know that we probably are watching. Westworld, for me, best TV show of the fucking year. <laughs> yeah, definitely I can't best. watch it because I don't have HBO, but I really want to. Well, it's great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was well written and everything. And another Nolan behind that one. Um, so. Oh, is that a, a, a Jonathan Nolan? 
yep. he does some good TV stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, person of interest that which he he did was really good too. Westworld was really well done, very thought provoking. And is uh, it over with the season one? Yeah. Yep. Hey, do you guys know? Does any of that HBO stuff ever go to Netflix, or does HBO pretty much just hold on to themselves? I think I think they hold on themselves, or I think damn those bastards. Yeah, HBO Go or uh, maybe Amazon. Okay, Amazon Prime might allow you to buy. Oh, they it. might. I just well, got Amazon Prime. Well, you might be. I don't think you watch it through Amazon Prime, but they might have an option for you to rent it or something through that. Yeah, well, um, I can I can actually get the episodes on Amazon. Um, you can like buy them? You mean? Yeah, here in the UK, you can get them on Amazon. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, uh, I was ideally not wanting to buy the whole season, but if it's that good, maybe I'll consider it. It's good. It's, it's dark though. It's it's probably you know so like um, as far as science fiction um, and speculative fiction goes, it's probably on the same level of quality as Game of Thrones. Well, it's different, but yeah, it's well written. You know, I'm not I'm not saying it's better than Game of Thrones. I'm saying it's probably on the same par. Um, it's it's different to Game of Thrones, but it's on the same par from 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 a writing and dramatic point of view. I feel like it's like if the best episode of Lost or something. I don't know. <laughs> it has a lot of twists and turns. Oh, I and and um, you know, so like um, you know, Anthony Hopkins is awesome. And that's something. Oh, too. he's in it. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even know he was in it. I guess uh, it's he, a, Ed Harris is awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I guess yeah, that's but, another thing is so different from anything. I mean, I know it's based on a '70s movie, but it's still very different than anything that's been on TV before. Yeah, it's also it's also very very different from the '70s movie. Although the '70s movie, um, you know, sort of like um, if you watch the '70s movie of Westworld, and then you watch Terminator, the original Terminator. They're basically the same fucking film. <laughs> really? So my, Terminator is one of my favorite films of all time, actually. Well, Terminator is one of my favorite films of all time. But if you if you watch, you know, if you if you if you boil the um, if you boil the ingredients of Terminator right down to to the core, it's basically just the chase movie. You know, yeah, bad guy comes in from you know, and a ro- it's basically a robot chasing down and trying to hunt down humans. Um, of course, this has which, a romance arc a little bit in it, and time travel. Yeah, but you know, so like it's, you know, that that those those are just the added extras. The um, the basic <laughs> premise of the movie it's a chase movie, bad guy chasing chasing the good guys, sort of thing. Yeah, and and um, and, and Westworld it's it's sort of like um, the original Westworld it's sort of like the same. Or there's no romance, and it's a guy that's being chased. <laughs> yeah. Sort of thing, but it's 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 basically the same story. Being chased in, in, by an almost invincible robot—that's kind of precursor yeah. to Terminator. Mm-hmm. But but the TV, the TV show is totally different, way way more subtle and complex. Um, so can I go next? Mm-hmm. Sure. So another show I really liked this year was Stranger Things on Netflix. Oh, I've not put that on my list. I should have done nope. because I really enjoyed it as well. But yeah, that was that was one until Westworld came on. That was like probably my favorite new show of the year. Um, mm-hmm. 
I just really like I just like the dynamics of it with the kids and it's like it's like a throwback to the 80s but it's still very much its own original thing you know way darker than you would normally get and you know it makes its, itself its own even though I, I know there's a lot of shots you can look at some of them they planned some of them they didn't um, that you can look back at other stuff but it's still very much its its own little little creature yeah yeah I've seen I've seen half of it. It is really good. I love, I love obviously the the '80s throwback. Uh, but I don't, you know what? I guess I'm, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I still haven't, I haven't completed it. I, I guess I'm not as into it as a lot of people are. But I know a lot of people absolutely love that show. It can put me in mind of Goonies. Yeah, it's no, the, Goonies. Oh, it's a totally different vibe though, and tonal, tonally than Goonies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's sort of like kind of kind of cross between Goonies and 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 the Stephen King miniseries. Yeah. The right, because it has the bonding, I guess, of the kids that Goonies has, and that kind of relationship. Oh. Yeah. There were a lot in the '80s. There were a lot of kids, uh, you know, led cast of, of shows. Yeah, I like that though. They, well, don't do, kid, yeah. they don't do that anymore, and that's what you know. It got turned down um, eleven to nineteen times. I can't remember where pitches where they tried to get that show picked up. Uh, because everybody's like, ah, oh, you know, it's a, it's got kids, but it's not a kid show. It'll never work, you know, kind of deal. That, that Hollywood thinking, and um, until Netflix gave them a chance. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanna, I wanna come up with a TV series where the entire cast is gerbil. And okay. Go <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they did that, and they're the chipmunks. <laughs> oh yeah, with the chipmunks. Yeah, with the chipmunks. No, no, I'm I'm thinking machine gun wielding germa, gerbils with attitude. Yeah, okay. Go with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Netflix, pick that up right now. <laughs> All right, who's next? All right. Um so I'm yeah, obviously I'm not just this uh I'm take we're going obviously all of 2016, right? So I'm going to be taking some of the shows from last season as well as this season, right? Um so The Flash has been my favorite show the first and second seasons it ran. Uh, and I think last year's season two was phenomenal. It was awesome. Uh, I think they just do such an amazing job with that show with the writing and the actors are great. Um, I will. Mark and I have talked about this before. I do feel this season currently has been weaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was afraid with the whole Flashpoint thing. I don't I'm not totally digging that. Um I feel like they're starting to write the ship, though, now that they've kind of had their mid-season thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, and reveal some stuff about Alchemy, uh, who's the, like one of the villains uh, this season. But, yeah, I mean, and the host, by the way, the host Cisco being pissed at Barry being really serious was driving me fucking nuts. Yeah. Uh, like, that's, I do not, I just don't want to see that. Like, I get, I get why he's that way. That makes total sense. I don't want to see it. Man, I don't want to see, I want to see Cisco be funny and making... Geeky references. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like HG. You know what? I didn't at first, but I actually he's really grown on me. I like. I actually like every with Tom Cavanaugh, right? Like, yeah, I just love Tom Cavanaugh in any of those roles. <laughs> Earth two, Earth two, Wells is still my favorite by far. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like HG. Yeah, you know, I like Tom Cavanaugh, but I, don't, I just don't like this HG. I just he just doesn't. I prefer the more serious scientist. Don't worry, he'll probably die or disappear at the end of this yeah, season. I'm sure there'll be a new one next season. <laughs> <laughs> it would be hilarious if they do a new one every season. Yeah. Well, that, you know what? That's great for him, though. He must love it, getting to play a different character every. Yeah, that's great. 
anyway, but still overall, particularly going back to, you know, season two, which is a half of 2016, uh, the flash is, it's great. I love it. Yeah. It's one of my favorite superhero shows, my favorite superhero show, I guess. Well, one yeah, of my favorites. My favorite. My favorite non-Netflix superhero show. <laughs> yeah. It's one of oh, my okay. non-Netflix superhero shows. Um, but, you know, I'm going to hand it over to you, Matt, because you're probably going to say one of the ones I've got missed it here. So. You want to talk about Netflix superhero? I mean, yeah, I think I, I, I enjoyed Luke Cage quite a bit this year. Not as much as, the, as Jessica Jones and Daredevil, but I thought it was a good addition. And um, I also liked... And I also like season two of Daredevil, especially the first half with Punisher. I thought those were really strong. Oh, he, he, he that, the, the, the actor, I forget his name, uh, John Bernthal. John Bernthal mm-hmm. was awesome. You know, he he's like, he, 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 for me, is the Punisher I read in the 1980s when, when I, when I got hold of a, a run of the Punisher comics in the 1980s. Yeah. He really captures it well. And- he gets, he's going to get his own show, see how that works out. It was nice that, you know, that battle between Punisher and Daredevil to me is kind of like what they're trying to do in Arrow this season, and they're not doing as good a job, I don't think. Um, I thought Anetra was pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, it always helps. Yeah, Electra was good. Uh, the whole hand storyline was a little, little odd in places, but uh, totally compared to, to the first half of the season, but... Pretty strong overall, I thought. I, I guess my thing is like superhero on TV. If I want it light, I go for Flash. If I want it darker, I go for Netflix. So, yep. <clears throat> and that's why I stop. I don't watch any of those Netflix shows anymore. Those Marvel ones are too dark. Yeah. Like as soon as the Punisher came on the scene, I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty dark. <laughs> I I um I quite enjoyed. I, I was surprised, uh, but I enjoyed New Cage. Um, although for me, it didn't really start going until around about the third episode you know after they told his origin story in the third episode mm-hmm. that's for me when it really kicked off the first two episodes i found um a little bit boring mm-hmm. but you know once they got into episode three and and did his origin story and and uh, from then on in it was it was it was pretty good but yeah. I, I i think i think daredevil this year although um, although though the second season of it wasn't quite as strong as the first, I, I think it was the strongest um, to come out this year. Well, and the Kingpin is such a cool villain in Marvel. You know, they don't have very many villains in Marvel that they've kept around for very long, except for, for Loki. <clears throat> and he's really embraced that role of Kingpin. Even though he wasn't in season two a whole lot, it was very memorable what he was in. <clears throat> Um, oh, I'm sorry. Who's next? Okay, um, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna give a big thumbs up for uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, I, I that's, just, that's the only DC one I haven't seen so far, but I'm I'm oh, trying to get a catch up on it. Give it I just love the all now absolute chaos of that show. <laughs> <laughs> season two has been a lot better than season one, I have to say. I, I quite enjoyed season one, but you know, I, season two's been really cool. And, um, you know, although I am missing Rip Hunter, but it looks like they're bringing him back next, you know, in the second half of the season. But I, I've, I've just really enjoyed it. I, I think Steel's been a pretty pretty good addition. Yeah, great addition. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, um, 
you know, I'm, my favorite I'm characters in the group now. <laughs> and, and I'm loving the uh, the whole whole Bitson, uh, you know, relationship with with Mick Rory. She's trying to sort of like straighten him out a little bit, and you know, it it definitely helps that she's a, she's easy on the eye as well. So <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be a theme with you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that that I that I like sort of like uh, dark exotic women. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Now that you point yeah. that out. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to throw in, even though I know a lot of people have not been as high in the show lately, and there's a reason for that. But I'm still going to throw Arrow in there. Um, I still have a big fan of that show, and I will say, last season, fourth season, was its weakest. I felt, um, and the Damien Dark thing just didn't work. I don't think anyway. No, I didn't. Um, I didn't think so either. However, I, I still, I, I do think, and I wasn't so sure about this season with the new team, but I actually think it's getting back to where it needs to be this season, to be honest with you. I think the mid-season finale was fantastic. There was an fan, awesome twist at the end of that. Um, and I, you know what? I still, there's just like Oliver Queen, played by Steve, the way Stephen Amell plays him. I think he's, he's just still my favorite. Like, I love that the way that character is portrayed. And like, and I'm, I'll just watch him because like, it's a, it's just a great character and I'm always rooting for him, man. And he's always putting up with all this shit, but like, he's, a, I don't know, like, it's just good to see him trying to do the right thing and all this, all this chaos going on. I'm just um, waiting for you to do it, Ian. And he's good looking, which doesn't hurt. Yeah. I was, uh, yeah. I, I no, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go there. <laughs> just teasing. And, and they're getting, and I feel Felicity is getting back to how, I like Felicity to be like in the yeah. first couple seasons, third and fourth. I think they just ruined her character, and I didn't know what the hell they were doing. Um, so that's helpful too. Well, you know, I, I felt in the fourth season when they put Felicity in a wheelchair, they should have kept her in the fucking wheelchair. Who? Oh yeah, uh, that was yeah. that was you know, terrible. That, oh, she, she was an icon of feed in a couple of weeks, thanks to some um, advancement from Palm Attack. And I'm thinking, what yeah. the fuck? That was they, terrible. They should have kept her in the wheelchair. You know, it would you know, would have been more of a you know a, a good character building exercise to kept her in the wheelchair. You know, they, they she could have been kind of like Arrow's equivalent to Oracle, and you know, yeah. and and a good good sort of like a character and role model for for people that actually are in wheelchairs and for and sure. do have. This well, it's not like she's a super physical character anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> So yeah. it's not like you put Black Canary in a wheelchair and they're like, how does she help out now? <clears throat> yeah, I thought that was kind of, it was kind of insulting a little bit to people who have handicaps, I think. Uh, and it was insulting to to viewers in a way because it was like they built up this whole event with her getting shot just to, and then cripple her just to fix it, you know, right away. Oh, on, they on, did really build that up, you're right. Yeah. On what's supposed to be the most gritty of all the shows, you know, and it was, it was bad. Bad call. <laughs> Very bad call. Although, if it was me, I probably would have just killed her. <laughs> <laughs> I'd miss her if she was on the show. She's a good a good character. Good <clears throat> the three of them, the three core group, are, are so crucial. Um, yeah. I, I call her Arrow's bicycle because she's kind of been with pretty much every eating guy. You know, she was with Palmer and, you know, she went to Palmer. Diggle. And she's not being with she's, she's only been with like Palmer and well okay now she's with a new guy this 
But I'm speaking with that cop that died. Three people in five years. What? Yeah, that's not really a crazy <laughs> amount. It, it just seems like it just. Seems I mean, like Oliver's been with his many years, not more, right? It seems like she's been with more than three people. Though, no, the way the storylines are just right now. Wow. <laughs> Uh, anyway, but I have to look forward to it every week. I, I have to say, Arrow Arrow has a unique challenge, is because it was supposed to be the dark, grittier show, but then Flash is so popular that there's a you know there's a push to try to be more lighter like that, and and I think they they have a trouble finding that balance. You know, they they're all over the place sometimes, trying to find their identity after season two. Season two was I think yeah that was the be- their best season. Mm-hmm. Yes, Slade was awesome. <clears throat> Who's next? Um, I've forgotten. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to pose a question here. What do you guys reckon of Supergirl? Much better season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, much better. Yeah, I, I, I like it overall. I do. I'm I look. Kind of, I really look forward to it now. I'm kind of enjoying it, but I'm, I've not really particularly enjoyed the the song like the whole. Um, Alex finding out that she's a lesbian at age 30 storyline. Oh, of... I actually dig that. Yeah. It, it, would been, it would have been more believable in the 90s, but, you know, it still happens. You know, I thought if, well, I thought at first I wasn't going to dig it. I thought it was going to be one of those things where writers do things where they magically decide people are gay. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is <laughs> they, like, they had no, they didn't plan for the character to be gay. Like in the, in their arc, they just decided, hey, why don't we make this character gay this season? You know, like, and that just it seems ridiculous to me, right? Um, but this, the way they handled it, felt realistic to me. You know, like we hadn't actually seen her with any guys except a little bit of possible with uh, what's his face, Maxwell Lord, Max, Maxwell Lord, you're right. But that didn't go anywhere, really, right? So yeah. it's totally plausible. Yeah, and like, and I actually think it was handled well. Uh, the way they, you know, t- told the story and had her with Maggie and stuff. Like, I actually think they did a really nice job with that. I, I kind of like to be the, 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 you know, when she comes out to when she comes out to Maggie and, and kisses her. You know, I thought, I thought that was handled really well. Um, and, and Maggie's reaction to that because she'd just come out of another relationship. You know, I thought I thought that was handled well. But for me, the whole the whole thing, I just think it's kind of dated it would have been more progressive had it been in the 90s you know I still, I still think it's so good though because I don't know I like I like that they're doing it more in these superhero shows though right because traditionally you didn't see hardly any gay superheroes right or people in that and she's not a superhero I know herself but whatever she still saves the day and stuff she kicks butt yeah she kicks ass even though she doesn't have powers she still kicks ass um so I think that's good. I also think, by the way, on Arrow, like in the midseason finale, the thing with Curtis and his husband, that I think is one of the best. Like the, that was just such a well done scene. In oh, terms I, was of really, I was really gutted for Curtis. I was really gutted for Curtis in that. Yeah. And, you know, it's... that like that was a powerful scene. It was really well written and acted. Yeah, that whole that midseason finale was was definitely a high point for Arrow. Yeah. <clears throat> So I, I like that they're doing like Supergirl on those shows. They're they're working that in, you know, like that's that's great. I think. 
yeah, you know, I, I got nothing against them working gay gay characters in in into things and stuff like that. It's just that in the Supergirl series for me, it just felt a little bit tacked on. Yeah, bit. I'll be honest. With you. I'll be interested. I'd actually be interested to know like if they had actually planned that from the beginning, or they just decided this season to do that. Because um, <laughs> I'm not sure, but sorry. Right. I think they decided this season, yeah, because they didn't really <laughs> clue t- to it last season, right? <clears throat> but they did it pretty well for deciding yeah. last minute, and... right? That's the thing. They actually they did a really good job then because normally, like, I can totally tell, like, oh, you had no idea, man. That's just for... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, even one of my favorite lesbian characters in genre was kind of, you know, hand-wavy on that, with Willow and Buffy, you know. Cause she, yes! That's, yeah, that's yeah. the worst one! Yeah, and I mean, I, I, you know, I still like it overall, but it is kind of like, well, you know, she was in love with Oz and stuff, and it's kind of weird, but... Yeah, that's what I always think of. Now, look, they made it, I mean, it was, she's, she's a really good character, and, and it was fine after they established that, right? But no, that was preposterous. They had no idea. They just... That was really like magic, and she has magic, so I guess you could say that happened. <laughs> yeah. You know, like the next frontier in these characters is to basically, you know, to have a bisexual character, yeah, Martian Manor. You know, he's a shape changer. Why not? No, we, <laughs> no, but yeah, he said he has a wife, right? So yeah, we oh. had Captain Jack, but that was just just done for a bit of a, you know, that was done more for titillation than anything else, and sort of like. Um, so I think, I think I think having having a bisexual character or even 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 a transgender character, yeah. but we've got we kind of got that in Sense Eight. Yeah, Sense Eight. Yeah. Oh, hey, do you guys know there's a special Christmas Sense Eight special? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but yeah. Well, it hasn't come out yet. December twenty third. Oh well. Okay. Oh, cool. I definitely haven't seen yeah. it. Yet. <laughs> there's also a new Canadian time travel show coming out on the uh, Travelers. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious travelers. about that. So anyway, um, yeah, Supergirl's actually on my list. It was on my list, so oh, I, cool. I really like it. Well, two more that's on my list real quick, I'll say real fast, um, is Black Mirror, that's on Netflix right now. I really like, uh, this season's been really good, third season, and even though it's kind of depressing, many of their episodes are, I think it's really fascinating, the stories they tackle, and uh, they had some really good ones this season. One was lesbians. <laughs> 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 That was is, actually is that kind of like a, is that kind of like a Shakespearean thing? <laughs> One does lesbians. <laughs> I don't know what Black Mirror is. We're talking about lesbians for some reason. Black Mirror is an Black. anthology uh, sci-fi show, kind of like like Outer Limits or Twilight Zone, Outer Limits. except it's all about technology that very that very real could potentially happen too, and how it's affected society, and usually it's yeah. affected society in dark ways. So. Well, Dude, one, one dozen lesbians. It sh- sounds like the Shakespeare play that was never written. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a really it's not the name of the episode or anything, but it's a really good episode uh, that I was talking about. It's almost like a romance, but it's really well done, and uh, which is unusual for sci-fi. And it was episode three or four, San Junipero, I believe its name. Um, you should, if, if anything, check that one out because it's uh, it's a it was a really well done story for television. Um, Rob, you will. Yeah, and then um, and then also a new one that I just picked up on Netflix that I'm liking so far, but I haven't finished yet. It's Crazy Heads. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that just came out. Yeah, it's, Is that it's a sci-fi. Yeah, yep. It's 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 like Buffy in a way, but it's like raunchier. <laughs> 
Interesting. So it, I I really uh, have dug it so far. It, it, Ian, is it the showrunner who created uh, Misfits? Is that the same person? Yeah. Is it is it the one about the two 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 girl demon hunters? Yeah. Who, yeah. Yeah. I've only caught a glimpse of it. I've not actually watched any you should, of it. You should check it out. It's pretty good. I think Misfits is not a bad show, but it, it's comedic timing and sometimes it's comedic timing and sometimes off sometimes. And uh, or it's totally off sometimes, and it also um, uh, gets really raunchy, like uncomfortably raunchy in, in places. Whereas so far, Crazy Heads has struck a pretty good, a really good balance and and tone and comedic timing and everything. So, so far, I've watched it. Cool. Okay, I've got one more, one more um, to mention on my best list, and that's Humans, the second season of Humans. Oh. Really, I want to watch that. Uh, they they kind of took it they took it to a next level where, you know, they they they. Um, Don't spoil it for Jeff. You know, I haven't seen any of it, but I really want to. They they took it to the next level. I mean, the the second season for me stronger than the first in a lot of ways. The first season got a bit bogged too bogged down in the kitchen sink drama, of of the um of of, of me and living with the family sort of thing. Whereas second season. It kind of like a, it took it out and made it more 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 made it more worldly, I guess. And you know, I quite I enjoyed it. Also, the pacing in the second season was better overall cool. of the actual story and the overall arc. So I I, I really enjoyed enjoyed that second season just ending last week. Um, have you got any? Have you do you have any more, Jeff? Because I've got yes. two. For, I've got two for the worst. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit, uh, here's one that and there's always usually every year there's usually one s- series that I love that gets canceled unfortunately and this is the one that I canceled last year it's called Limitless oh yeah uh, I love that show which is based on the movie uh, but this was way better than the movie um, <laughs> and it's about you know a guy who takes this drug called NZT which lets him access like, what like I don't know 90% of his brain instead of 10% or something like that um, so which is probably uh, not good starts, science, but you get the idea. <laughs> yeah, right. We worked with the FBI, but man, it was so well done. Like it was just great storytelling. The acting was great. It was also fun. Like there was humor and quirkiness in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the main actor and the the female FBI agent they had they had really good chemistry together. Um, it wasn't even a romantic <laughs> thing really, but just like they had a good you know just partner type chemistry. Um, yeah, man, I was really bummed. And I looked at I, before I got out here, I looked at the ratings, and it was actually pretty highly rated. Like it was pretty solid. So I don't really understand why it got canceled, except that CBS, if it's not CSI or NCIS, I guess, hey, let's get rid of it. Yeah, it's yeah. sad. I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I really enjoyed it. And, and based on, you know, something you said last year, I think you, you, you uh, mentioned Forever. Forever, yeah. I Based on that, I actually watched the entire season of Forever, and I absolutely loved it. And oh, I can't understand why that one was canceled, because I, I, I actually really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. That was great. Um, yeah, last year was forever limitless. This was this year's for me. <laughs> forever limitless. Forever okay. limitless. <clears throat> and I tell you what, um, here's my worst TV of the year so far. You ready? Yeah. Ready. MacGyver. Ah. What the fuck? I'm okay. I'm okay on that. I'm yeah, not, I actually think it's, no, it's. I mean, I'm okay with you putting it as your worst. Is what I'm saying. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's my bad. Another remake. Like the original, I really like. 
the original angle, but the, the new one, what the fuck? They may as well call it Team MacGyver. He's never out doing anything on his own. And why the fuck they got a hacker in there? They don't need a computer hacker in there. MacGyver could hack a computer. He can defuse a nuclear bomb with duct tape and um, and, and and a coat hanger, for God's sake. And, you know, what the hell have they done with Jack Dalton? Oh, I know. No. The sporting characters like Dalton and Thornton, they're just, they did a terrible job with those characters. Yeah. And, and Thornton, she's got the, the, the actress playing Thornton, you know, I've seen more charisma in fucking Sawdust. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just. It's uh, totally right. And I, by the way, I don't. I'm not dissing the actress because I don't. I'm not saying it's her. It's just the role they've given her is like the ice queen, basically. Yeah. Um, so I tell you what, you know, it's, it's kind of like um, MacGyver is kind of like someone forcing me to eat Brussels sprouts. And Brussels sprouts to me is like the vegetable equivalent of waterboarding. <laughs> It's just terrible. Um, another one, this wasn't quite as bad as MacGyver. It just sort of like bang on its ass a little bit for me. was Hooten and the Lady. It's a British, um, it's a British thing. What is it called? Hooten and the Lady. Hooten? Kind of, yeah, Hooten and the Lady. Um, and Michael Nandis plays Hooten. Um, from, you may remember him as Jimmy Olsen from the first season and always in that. Okay. Yeah. And it's basically a, it's basically an action adventure show. Uh, trying to they're trying to generate sort of like an Indiana Jones style type thing. Um, the lady's sort of like um, she works at the British Museum in in acquisitions. She she meets up with this Hooten who's sort of like a down his luck adventurer sort of thing, and and they go on these adventures together. And they've got the comedy and the action beats great. And you know, and and stuff. But where where it falls down is it falls down on the the seeking artifacts every week. The mythology of the artifacts is there's hardly anything there in the terms of the mythology of the artifacts to actually make it interesting sort of thing. It's just sort of like uh, it's kind of really shallow. Um, and my other worst, which is, you know, going to surprise a lot of people because a lot of people are raving about it as the best thing ever, Stanley's Lucky Man. What is it? Stanley's what? Lucky Man. Yeah, I watched the first episode. I was kind of... Mucky Man? Mediocre. Lucky. Like, you're so <laughs> lucky. lucky. Yeah, it, it was snow. It's all like, it, the whole season was snow, mm-hmm. and it got kind of predictable towards the end and I find it hard to believe that that's been picked up for a second season and something like Limitless and um, and, and and Forever didn't, didn't get a second season because they weren't made by Stan Lee <laughs> yeah Stan Lee's Limitless <laughs> well Stan, Stan Lee's name is just you know I think he I think he came with the concept of it but he, you know for the most part his name's just tagged on to it it's just a marketing thing that's what yeah. they need his name tagged on okay. yeah. maybe have William Shatner guest star I don't know <laughs> but that's that's all my TV alright I got one on the worst um, first off I'm going to say this is really obviously not a fair assessment probably because I I watch only a few minutes of it but when something is so bad in the first five minutes that I have to turn it off, I'm going to put it on my worst list anyway. <laughs> and that's and I think, Mark, you might have watched some of this or maybe you too. I want to hear what you guys think. But Timeless is what I'm putting on. 
I've only um, seen the first episode. Now, I, I love time travel shows, by the way. I love them. It's one of my favorite things. I didn't think the previews looked good, but the first five minutes of the show, the dialogue was so atrocious, and the way they introduced the characters, I was like, I'm done. That's it. I'm already <laughs> done with the show. <laughs> it's, an uh, odd, it's an odd show. You have to leave logic. I'm really enjoying it, but it's not on my best list. I, I just, I'm just really enjoying it from, from the sense of that, that it's kind of a pulpy type thing. Um, yeah, I kind of dig 12 Monkeys more for time travel. The characters, the characters, oh, that's good. Were, yeah. you know, were, were a bit sort of like comic booky and cardboard cut out, and, and the introductions of them were clumsy. I also think that they really, they really fucked up in the pilot episode by using Hindenburg. They could have got so much mileage out of that and and had had a had a had a ninety minute episode with with the Hindenburg because it's something that's not really being exploding in fiction much on television or, or in movies sort of thing. So they could have got... Almost, almost as good as blowing up Parliament, right? Well, you know... <laughs> That's episode blowing three. <laughs> you know, blowing up Parliament... Doesn't, I mean, it I, I, it I, is I, interesting I, that Timeless changes history, though. I have to say, that's gutsy. It, it is. You know, I think it's I think it's a fun show. Um, you know, it's, it's just in, in the tradition of... Um, of, of Pulp series. I mean, it's 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 also gonna be one of those shows that you know kind of is all, always gonna have people that you know just hate it from the first five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's me. But, but my my, I, I didn't have I didn't have terribly expectations, ter- terribly high expectations of it to begin with. You know, so you know, I, I like it. It's better than it's better than fucking MacGyver. <laughs> um, Marks, you got any? Worst? I, not really. I, I don't watch bad TV. <laughs> He's like, I don't watch bad movies, and I don't watch bad TV. Um, like, I, well, I hear what you're saying because obviously I try to avoid that too. But come on, there's got to be times where you see something, either in movies or TV, that you thought was gonna be good that just not. I don't remember this right. I don't know if it was late this year or not. Rush Hour was bad, and it wasn't this season. Oh, though. the TV show? Yeah. I tried oh, yeah, watching that a little bit. It was, it was I like the movies, but that was bad. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I don't know. Um, a bad series that's gotten a little bit better is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I like this so far this season with Ghost Rider. It's not uh-huh. my highest caliber of show necessarily, but it's it's gotten a lot better. Yeah, I gave up on that show a long time ago. Oh, season one was terrible. So, and and Supernatural is always one of my favorites that we watch. So, but it's not like a standout necessarily anymore. It's just because Mark's makes all the uh, all the porn references that Dean Winchester makes. That's all. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're doing new Star Wars porn movies called Star Wars: The Force Get Awakens. Oh, I know some. Ah, uh, foreskin. Ah, uh, gross. I know some bad movies. Now I think about it. Um, Hunters was bad, uh, or TV show. I mean, that was a Sci-Fi Channel show. Uh, I only watched first two episodes. I, I didn't care for it very much. I, I I kind of saw the adverts for that, and that was enough to put me off. <laughs> oh, here's another one that was bad, which might be make people mad. <laughs> Uh, but I know some people are fans of it. I don't get it. It's Winona Earp. <clears throat> oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't seen it. 
Yeah, I don't... Saw the final. Was bored. It was just kind of like, um... oh, that's trying to do Buffy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's based on the uh, comic book series. Yeah, but yeah, I don't I'll... think it's like it very much. Um, if they if they based it on the comic book series, uh, she'd actually have breasts. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> wow! There's definitely a theme theme going on with Ian here this year. All right. <laughs> I've not I've not actually read the comics, but I've seen a panga and I just I just found it boring. I, I wanted to like it. I was like, I'm going to check it out, and you know, I might like this. It sounds like something if you like Buffy or something, you know. But it was mm. just it was just really bland and. Um, the production value was not very good for what we expect on Sci-Fi Wally Channel. Van Helsing. Yeah, how is I? I that I actually kind of want to. I, oh. I, I want to check that out. Is that any good? I'm, I really wanted to like it, but ended up being bored shitness after the first episode. I mean, so I, I, I watched the first episode. I'm on a fence on that. I haven't watched any more, so I, I can't really say um, it was better than the first episode of Wine on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, Recommendation, yeah, uh, but it's very dark. Hey, here's, a new, here's a new sci-fi show that just came out recently that I I'm pretty much digging. Incorporated. Have you guys seen that? I haven't seen it yet. Is it good? Well, yeah, well, it is. It is good. Like I'm not I'm not ready to call it like amazing yet, but obviously it's only three four episodes in. Actually, ooh, the episodes on right now. I'm missing it. That's okay. I'll watch it later. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's a cool concept, and uh, so far it's interesting. Yeah, they, they've, Sci-Fi Channel's made some improvements. I liked, I think, you know, Magicians and Expanse are pretty good. They're not what I would put on my top ten list yet because there's so many shows out Magi- right now. Yeah, Magicians wasn't doing it for me, but I, I do want to watch the Expanse. I Magicians is very dark. I mean, it's, I think it's kind of weird too. It, it, it's weird. I only seen a pilot of Magicians, and you know, I found it kind of slow. Um, it, it, it gets better, yeah, but... then it gets a little bit not as good, and then it gets better, and then it gets really dark. <laughs> and, a dark, okay. and, a, and the end of the dark dark ending you're either going to go whoa it's awesome or you can go oh I'm done with the show forever now <laughs> <laughs> hey have you uh, I just got Amazon uh, Prime actually uh, have you guys ever, have you seen the Man in the High Castle either of you I, I well, haven't Man seen Castle, uh, Man in the High Castle um, is it's probably one of the best things on at the moment um, yeah, it's, really great. it's fantastic Okay, cool. Uh, well, now they've got two seasons out now, uh, so I'm going to go watch it. It's very, very dark. I've only actually seen oh, the first All right, episode. well, I'll give it a try. It's very dark, yeah. Oh, man. That's the problem with a lot of shows. <laughs> Have you watched The Tick? Uh, no. The New Tick. The Tick, the animated show? The New Tick TV show. There's a new one? Yep, on Amazon. There's only, only oh, a pilot so far, but... Wait, is, didn't they do... They did a live-action Tick and an animated Tick, right? Yep, this is the new live-action Wait, this is year, Patrick Walt. What's no. his name again? No, no, he's not. He, he, he's Warburton. not taking it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we for John Tamer, we interviewed Ben Edlin, the creator of the Tick and showrunner of the of the new show. And uh, it's if you like the Tick, you should check it out. Although it also is slightly darker. It's still comedy though, but it is a little bit darker comedy. Everybody's oh. going dark, except for Flash. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's a whole other freaking thing I go off on about the whole state of the world and why that is. But yeah, here's another good one, um, a fun one. Uh, Jean Claude Van Johnson. Have you seen that? It's a, oh, it's basically <laughs> it's funny as hell. Wait, is that is that Van Damme starring in it? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's basically he's he's basically taking the piss out of himself. <laughs> it's Amazon. <laughs> you got a bunch of stuff to explore on Amazon now. All right. Well, when I saw Super Geek or super, excuse me, Super Knocked Up on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, my yeah, my series Super Knocked Up actually just went up on Amazon Video. It's about a uh, if you haven't seen it, it's an action comedy. Super villain gets pregnant by her superhero nemesis. And uh, I was really excited that we went up on Amazon. Thank you for mentioning that, Marks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so please, if if, hey, if you're, and by the way, you don't actually be, have to be an Amazon Prime subscriber. You can watch it for free uh, without that. Uh, so search for Super Knocked Up. Yeah. yeah. Um, are we done with TV? Yeah, I think we're done with TV. Uh, comics and books next. Yeah, I probably have to wrap up in 10 minutes or so. Just well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up. just starve. Because <laughs> I haven't eaten yet, it's getting late. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to wrap real quickly with the comics I've been reading and enjoying. And that's Star Wars ongoing series, Back to the Future ongoing, James Bond, Star Wars Han Solo, The Stray Mr. Quinn and Vampire Hunter, which is a mini series, which is ending next month, and The Six Million Donner Man, Fogger Man, which ended next month. I thought you were going to say the porn name you did earlier. <laughs> <laughs> what, The Six Million Donner Cock? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, there's a six million dollar man book. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it's uh, it's a uh, dynamite. Have been doing uh, they they did six million dollar man season six a couple of years back. Oh, the comic series. Yeah, and then and this new this new one that they've just released, uh, the six million dollar man fallen man. Um, that's kind of like uh, a continuation of it, and they they they're basically continuing the six million dollar man from where it left off in the seventies. To me, Six Million Dollar Man, Fall of Man sounds like a crossover between Six Million Dollar Man and Planet of the Apes. <laughs> Which would be kind of interesting. <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> no, no, it's not actually. It's, um, it's actually a ring cue story. Cool. Um, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but it's... Um, and it's it's actually very much in the style of the 70s TV series. The way, the way, the way they've written it and... Um, and stuff, you know, it's, I, I just, you know, from a, from a nostalgic point of view, and Six Million Dollar Man kind of like being the first science fiction show that I really got into, so I was into that before Star Trek, before we, before I actually even watched an episode of Star Trek, it, it's just, it's just fun for me to read. Cool. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched, I haven't read most of those. <clears throat> So, well, I've, been reading, I've been reading Hellblazer as well. So. Cool. <laughs> so I have not read a whole lot, of com- at least not new comic books from this year. I like I backtracked and read a bunch of graphic novels of Suicide Squad before the movie, but um, uh, I've re- been reading a lot of books without pictures. <laughs> uh, um, and well, someone has to. I know, right? Uh, I've read over a hundred books this year. That was one of my goals to do because I hadn't been reading very much. Yeah, and I read over a hundred. A lot of them were nonfiction books, especially on writing and other stuff like that. But um, but I did read a number of fiction books. So I wanted to give a shout out to a few that came out this year, especially the indie ones because I've been I've been reading some indie you know authors. The book is not an indie one, but the book Dark Matter by Blake Crouch, which has nothing to do with the sci-fi TV show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, that will be turned into a movie soon. Um, it was very good. Blake Crouch was a guy who wrote uh, Wayward Pines books that got turned mm. into a TV show. Has a lot of good twists and turns and, and really cool con- concept 
very different. <clears throat> Another uh, series is the Void Wraith trilogy. That's it's a sci-fi, far future sci-fi one by Chris Fox. That's really um, I got into that at first because he did a thing online about writing a book in 21 days, and that was the first book that they wrote in that series. They tried to prove that it could be done, and the book sold really, really well. And and I read, I was interviewing him. I got to interview him, so I thought I'd read the first book, and I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll read it. But I really got hooked on it. It was if you like action sci-fi type stuff, um, space sci-fi, then it's a it's a fun read. So do you read that in 21 minutes? No, it's a little longer than that. <laughs> and another book series, it's a series of novellas that's really good. It's, uh, the, the series called Karma Police by Sean Platt and David B. Wright, who are, and all these people except for Dark Matter are indie authors. Um, and it's a series about a person who jumps into different bodies every, uh, every day-ish or so. It's not always every 24 hours, but give or take. Every day they go sleep, wake up in a new body, uh, but they have no memory, like they have amnesia. So they can't remember if they're male or female, basically. So this person falls in, into these plot lines where like someone's going to die or has died or whatever and trying to solve the mystery and stuff, but and they're like just randomly jumping into different bodies around this story arc. It's a really neat method I've never seen before. It was a really cool storyline, um, and I thought it was really well done. It's well, a little quantum leap esque. Yeah, it's quantum leap a little bit, and it's it goes in some really different directions and unexpected directions. Really neat. What's it called? Uh, the series is called Karma Police. Karma Police. Yeah, it's, I don't know if it's the best name, but that's the name of the series. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first book is called Jumper or something like that, but it was it was really good. The first book I could see like being a movie or something. It was so tight, the plot structure was pretty tight. And I'm kind of hooked on them now. Another, well, f- shout out to Dresden Files because they're always awesome by Jim Butcher. And um, oh. yeah, it's a great book series if you like urban fantasy. I wish it could have been a good TV show. <laughs> Maybe someday. I've uh, got all those. Yeah, they're, they're awesome. And, um, and then one more little shout out of something new that I've discovered is uh, a book series called the Cretherian Gambit series. Again, a questionable title for marketing, but okay. <laughs> what got me on to this series at first is that the creator of it, Michael Anderley, decided, I'm going to write books. I'm turning 50. I'm going to die someday soon, so I better get to it. And he pumped out these books in a series like freaking six weeks at a time or so, which came with certain problems that he had to adjust to of editing and stuff. But but he, went, he started that up last year in November. At this point now... He went from making like a few bucks a month to now making over 50000 a month. And he has 14 books out. Uh, what really caught my eye now, too, especially, is he's starting to co-write spinoff series in this world with other authors. And I started reading one called Justice is Calling that I've really enjoyed, which is about, it's in, the, it's in that setting, but it's like in the future, like a post-apocalyptic type setting. And this woman, I guess I should say it's about vampires and werewolves and stuff but with an alien twist to it. This woman who's a vampire basically has turned on her own people to try to fight them for some reason. I haven't finished the book yet, but uh, she's joined with you know a human and a, and a were-cat and all that stuff, and it's a really cool adventure stuff. And, and all these books are very like fast-paced adventure-type stuff, um, and it's really caught on and, and caught my imagination, too. Nice. Cool. 
All right. I just got a couple books to mention. Uh, I'll start with one worse, or I guess I'll say most disappointed, and that's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, um, which is the play, you know, the script book, basically, of the play they're doing. Uh, it takes place like, uh, what is it? 20, how many years? I forget how many years is it. After the, uh, like, 17 or something, right? After the movies end, or the, the original book series end. Anyway, the, the Harry Potter books are some of my all favorites of all time. Like, I absolutely am enchanted with those books. Uh, and this one was a big letdown. I actually only read half of it because I was, like, done after that. Um, <laughs> and R- Rowling doesn't actually write this one. She she and two other guys came up with the story, and then one of those dudes wrote the actual uh, play. Uh, mainly just because... I don't really want to read. I don't think this is really giving anything away. I read a book all about how one of Harry Potter's sons is a really whiny kid and thinks Harry Potter is like the worst father ever. Like I don't. That's not what I want to read, you know. <laughs> so like I just just like I don't want to read Cisco in the Flash be all like freaking oh, Barry, you're the worst friend ever. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. I heard a lot of people, a lot of Harry Potter fans say that. I haven't read all the books, so I'm not to that point to try to read oh, that. I would highly, highly recommend the other, you know, the real, uh, the first seven books, well, you know, of the series. Uh, the two two I will mention that I did really enjoy, uh, one is Heir to the Jedi by Kevin Hearn, which of course in the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so... Heir to the Empire by Timothy Zahn are my all-time favorite Star Wars books and some of my all-time favorite books, period. Those are the ones that came out like 20-some years ago, the first expanded universe books. Um, but this is, I would say, probably the author who came the closest to getting Luke the way I think he should be since Timothy Zahn did. Um, it's it's like, I think it's pretty much just a little bit after New Hope. It's like when, or it's when Luke's still trying to learn his powers, right? And like, how to actually use his Jedi powers. Um, and uh and he looks my favorite character it's really it's a it's a well done story i enjoyed it a lot um i'm not a fan that they all those other books that they came out they've decided those don't exist and they're in the legends universe now or whatever right yeah. but that's just nonsense to me <laughs> but this is one of the new new like I don't know, canon books i guess we'll call them right that's what they are now uh totally decide otherwise right <laughs> yeah as far as i'm concerned all that other stuff still exists <laughs> and uh the other ones is the, uh, this is a very long running series called the Xanth series by Piers Anthony, uh, one of my favorite fantasy authors. Oh, yeah, the, where, where they have shoe trees and. Yes, yes, they know. do. Yeah, and this, he's got, oh boy, I don't know, man. I think he's in 30, 30 some on, maybe approaching 40 books in the series now. And he's like late 70s, early 80s now, but he's still cranking them out, man. Uh, and Isis Orb is the one I think that came out this year that I read. But I've been also going back and reading some of the older ones too. Um, and they're all, I mean, I'll be honest, these books are just all, they're just fun. You know, they're just fun fantasy books, and there's a lot of silliness and humor in them, but they're always very enjoyable. Yeah, I read the first one and really enjoyed it, but um, I got I got, I got got about 20, 30 pages into the second, but never got a chance to continue it for whatever reason, but I did read the first one. He's 82 right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. And he's still, he's still writing them, man. Yeah. I'm looking for the name of this book. I actually read it this year. It came out uh, probably a number of years ago. It's, uh, it's by Kevin J. Anderson. Oh, I have read some of his stuff. And it's um, it's, it's called Nemo. Um, 
And and the pre- premise of the book is, you know, what if Captain Nemo and Jules Verne were childhood friends and Nemo goes off and has adventures and Verne writes about Nemo's adventures sort of thing. Wait, and Nemo and Jules were friends? Oh, Jules Verne? Jules Verne. Ah, uh, okay. And, and and basically what happens in the book, Nemo goes off and has these adventures and, and comes back every once in a while and reports what, what's happened to uh you know, to 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 his friend Jules Verne, who's uh, who's got, got his own arc in in this, in, in, in the book. Um and 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 basically, you know, Verne writes about his adventures and, and the whole whole book is sort of like Verne writing about Nemo's adventures. While learning his craft as as become you know becoming a, a novelist and writer on under the tutelage of the of of the um, of of Alexander Dumas who, who's kind of like mentoring him and while while that's going on um, you know Nemo's um, you know twenty thousand leagues under the sea with novelists um, fighting off in the Crimean War meeting. Uh, yeah, Lawrence Nightingale and a bunch of other people, um, you know, so like, and 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 all this stuff that 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 song like lifted from the pages of um, of many of Jules Verne's classic books, and and it's also it's got a mixture of uh, of, of actual history, you know, sinking in, you know, such as the Crimean War, which actually leads to Nemo, um, you know, helping. Um, some 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 navy um, develop and build the Nautilist sort of thing. It's it's a really clever book. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. But I read that this year. Cool. Very cool. But I guess that's I, it, huh? Yeah, and that's it. I can't remember the full title of it. It's bugging me. <laughs> well, you know, search Nemo and Kevin J. Anderson. I'm sure it'll come up. Right? Yeah. Can we get some links out before we get out of here? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you can catch my stuff all, all at supergeekedup.com. Uh, actually, that's probably the easiest way to also to right on the homepage. There's a, there's a link at the top to go to Super Knocked Up on Amazon. You can go watch that for free. Uh, season two should be up now, I think. They said it, uh, season one was already up and season two should have been up like in a day or two. Um, if you check those out, that would be great. And uh, I do a bunch of other shows too. Um, Super Geeked Up Live is a geeky pop culture show where we, we have different guests on and we play geeky improv games with them and chat about other geeky stuff. Uh, that returns January 4th. What we do it Wednesdays at 11 p.m. Eastern. And uh, let's see what else. Oh, well, Marks. Marks is actually part of uh, our D&D show. We do Dungeons and Dragons Monday Night Mayhem every Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, where Marks and I and some others, we play uh, D&D. Right? And we stream it live and we get people chatting along with us, viewing. And, yeah, it's uh, a lot of fun. Discussion. Yeah. Mark plays so, a halfling ranger. I play a uh, half-elf rogue in it. And then uh, the last show I do is called Saturday Night Star Wars, where we play a Star Wars role-playing game called Edge of the Empire, uh, which is super fun. And uh, we do that Saturdays at 10 p.m. Eastern. Um, and the same kind of deal. You can chat along live with us. And Mark's might make an appearance there, too, possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, oh, that's all at supergeekedup.com. You can get all that stuff on there. You know, I, I'd love to do the Star Wars thing, but 10, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern is <laughs> a bit of a great start. Yeah. Oh, best. yes, for you it definitely is. Yeah, Star yeah. Trek was pretty rough for you. 
Well, Star Trek it needs to start at about from like twelve thirty, you know, yeah, you know, half past midnight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, it didn't end till about five p.m. But <laughs> five a.m. Yeah, five a.m. I hope <laughs> it just kind of like felt like five p.m. because the amount of dice rolls we have to do. <laughs> Another story. It was yeah. good fun. It was good. Yeah, fun. we we all he's talking about. We all did a thing called Star Trek Adventures, uh, which is a new RPG. Marks got to beta test and we participated, and that's actually up on the Super Geeked Up channel as well right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so Not- uh, for me, you can find me at markspile.com. Um, on my works, I'm an author and a an indie filmmaker, web series creator, and and also. Um, uh, podcaster for Genretainment, which is part of this feed, of course. And Ian. Well, you know, you find uh, me at scifipulse.net, um, which is basically news and reviews. And also, you can find uh, all the latest episodes of SFP Now and Genretainment at scifipulseradio.com. Um, but it's also on YouTube. It's also on, sorry, uh, iTunes and um, Stitcher uh, and, and Stitcher and all, all those other great great things that are out there. So you know. and you can find his different uh, suggestions for porn titles probably up there too. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I've not I've not actually got a website for those, but I I think I should actually I should actually start doing them and sort of like doing the premises and and plot points for these these sort of like porn parodies. <laughs> yeah. You should. You just put it on there and be like, hey, these are free to take. I just give me give me a copy afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> just just let me be on set when you shoot. <laughs> no, just, no, just let just let me be one of the stars. Um, you know, just you know, just let me wear a screen mask of, you know, so no one has to see my face. <laughs> oh, oh so you're fine with them seeing everything else? Just not your face. Just not my face, dude. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Well, with that, <laughs> what a great way to end. No, that's the way to end. 2016. I just think it'd be funny. Uh, me, me in a palm movie doing a thing, wearing a Cyberman mask, and saying, <laughs> "You will be deleted. You will be deleted." That's that like mixing crazy. so many different shows. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be just weird. Oh boy. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to us in 2016, and we look forward to talking to everybody again in 2017. Yep, and uh, we'd like to make you aware, this is a disclaimer, uh, no animals or furry things were harmed in the making of this uh, of this program. <laughs> um, but, you know, Happy New Year. We'll see you next year. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Happy New Year.